Today's episode is sponsored by FACTS. FACTS serves over 4,000 Catholic schools with financial management tools, admission solutions, and a student information and learning management system. In addition, FACTS Education Solutions provides AINS and ESSA consulting and professional development opportunities for students, leaders, and educators. They are eagerly supporting Catholic schools with a number of resources to help facilitate data practices and infrastructure. FACTS is a proud sponsor of NCA and is excited to sponsor this NCA podcast. Welcome to the NCEA podcast. I'm your host today, Colleen McCoy-Sika, Director of Professional Learning for NCEA. And my guest today is Dr. Lisa Bosco, and she's the principal of Christ the King Catholic School in the Diocese of Dallas. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa. Thank you so much, Colleen. Thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah, Lisa, can you share with the listeners a little bit about yourself and about your background? Sure. Well, I grew up attending Catholic schools in Connecticut. I graduated from the University of Florida with a major in English and a minor in secondary education. Went on to earn my Master of Education degree from Southern Methodist University here in Dallas in Curriculum and Instruction and earned my doctoral degree in Catholic school leadership from St. Louis University. So been blessed to have the opportunity to work with a lot of great Catholic school leaders, such as John James and Karen Tiki from St. Louis University, who I think you've met with um, here uh, through NCA as well. So I've gone on to teach um, high school and middle school English language arts, various elementary grade levels, um, served as director of curriculum, assistant principal. I've taught instructional leadership at the University of Dallas, and I currently serve as principal here at Christ the King Catholic School in Dallas, Texas. Great. So you have an awesome professional network from all the different things that you've done. That sounds great. Yes, very blessed to work with some really great Catholic school leaders. So a part of being able to be a good leader is having those good support networks. So uh, that that must work out well for you. Uh, You've got a pretty large school down there in Dallas. And really, you know, one of the reasons why you're you're on the podcast today is to talk about that that leadership piece. But the fact that you are um, at a school that was a blue ribbon school twice. So not just once, but twice. So we're, we're going to focus on that. And that takes some, some skill as well. So uh, I, I've read that you've, you've been a teacher and you've, you've just told us you've been an assistant principal. You've done many things before becoming a principal. Um, the, the former principal at your school, um, I, I read somewhere, became the president in 2019. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Okay, so can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, we often hear about the president-principal model, of course, at the high school level. I don't hear about it that often at the elementary level. So can you talk about how the duties break down at an elementary school between a president and a principal? Sure, yes. The president-principal model at Christ the King has just been a wonderful fit for our school community. Um, We found that it really does directly align with the standards of the national standards and benchmarks for effective Catholic elementary schools. Because the leadership team really is able to successfully implement the mission and the vision as related to the Catholic identity, academic excellence, governance, and operational vitality. It just really fits so nicely. 
Um, the role allows Dr. O'Sullivan, who is our dynamic president, to focus his efforts on the operational vitality, so such as the financial planning, human resources, facilities, institutional advancement, and by him focusing on those areas, I, my role as principal allows me to focus on the academic excellence as related to the curriculum and instruction, um, data analysis. It really allows us to be mission-driven and data-informed because I'm able to focus on these areas um, as he's focusing on the operational vitality. So as we kind of I delve into leadership and faculty development and support, um, encouraging and promoting professional development um, and allowing the teachers to kind of really delve into the relevant and rigorous curriculum, up-to-date research-based best practices in teaching. And so it kind of just delineates that. The faculty know that those are our focuses and so we're best able to support them in the classroom. That sounds like a dream, actually. It, it is. It, it, it really has just been such a fabulous fit. And the, and, and like I said, you know, a lot, a lot of our role is just, you know, focusing on our faculty and, um, you know, and so that they can focus on their students and their, their learning. And that that's actually going to make a lot of sense as, as you're going to talk through, um, you know, more more of these things about, um, you know, building community and being able to focus on, um, you know, being the instructional leader and things like that. It really makes sense. There is someone else who can prioritize operational vitality. Probably you probably have some of those skills as well. But the fact that you can focus on a different area and don't have to prioritize that in your day to day, that really makes a difference in, in all the things that you have to do as a leader. So that's fantastic. And how large is your school? So we have 477 students. And so we have um, a 4K and a, a 5K, and we go through eighth grade. And so um, total 477 students. Okay. All right. Yep. That's a, yeah. That's and a... you have a really good point there, Colin, because uh, some of that does overlap, whereas um, Dr. Sullivan has his focus and I have mine. We do come together a great deal on mission and Catholic identity. You know, we do, you know, obviously come together on that leadership piece. And so uh -huh. while we, you know, it's, it's essential to have that team, whereas we're working together, but then um, the focus on the specifics related to things like the operational vitality and academic excellence just allow us to really delve deep into making sure all of those avenues and all of those areas are addressed adequately. Yeah, fantastic. So, um, Christ the King became a two-time Blue Ribbon School in 2020. So Lisa, can you please describe the process of becoming a Blue Ribbon School and share what is the criteria that was used in that award process? Sure. Well, it was a really incredibly exciting. It's a great process. Um, it's a great tool for reflection and it really does bring the community together as you kind of go through that process. In order to qualify for the National Blue Ribbon Award of Excellence in the high performing category, student assessment scores, which are nationally normed, um, must be in the top 15% in the nation. So based on our student scores, we were eligible, eligible to apply for the Blue Ribbon in back-to-back -back cycles, which was really exciting. So you can apply for the Blue Ribbon every six years if your sco scores make you eligible to do so. 
So after we qualified based on nationally normed assessment scores, we entered into the application process. The application um, for a Catholic school goes through CAPE, um, so for uh, the Association for Private Education. And so you enter into the application process and that's basically a thorough examination and reflection in all areas of your school community. So that's including your adherence to mission, um, your sense of community, your academics and best practices, extracurricular opportunities, your leadership, um, finance, facilities. So really every aspect of your school is examined through that application process. So our community came together and formed committees in each of these areas in order to fully delve into, you know, the specifics of each area. Um, the committees were comprised of faculty members and different um, constituent groups to get a good perspective of you know, each area of our school. And so those committees then completed a narrative to describe the ways in which each, um, each constituent group contributes to the overall well-being of fulfilling the needs of each student. So it's really within each of those, those categories. And then uh, after you enter into that process, it's that application that really distinguishes the school community from the other applicants. So we were actually this most recent um, award in 2021 is when we were the only Catholic school in the state of Texas to receive that award. So it was a really great testament to the strength of our community. So um, we did go to Washington, D.C. to receive the award. And so to walk across the stage is just, especially under these challenging circumstances, was just so fabulous to really be able to celebrate our faculty, our families, our students, and all of the hard work that they put into um, put into not only their scores, but it's really the sense of community that distinguishes Christ the King from others. So, okay, so achievement is, um, that's the given. That's what gets you over the threshold to even be able to be considered. So um, we know that excellence in, in Catholic education, extremely important everywhere. Um, so you had that. Then you said there's all these other pieces and it sounds like the process that you went through is very similar to what a lot of schools do um, during, an, uh, during an accreditation process. You bring different stakeholders together. You talk about different areas. You do a lot of analysis of what you do and why you do it, which is just an excellent exercise anyway in, in building a community and understanding why you do what you do. So talk, can you talk a little bit more about the strengths of, of your particular school and community that contributed to you earning this honor? Certainly, yes. We know from, like you said, from the most up-to-date brain research, there's a great deal to more to learning than just academics. So in order to meet our students' needs, you know, our foundation, the foundation must first be met. So especially as a Catholic school, our focus is on ensuring that students feel empowered with their faith, empowered with confidence and their social emotional wellness in order to be strong self-advocates and leaders equipped with toolbox of strategies and skills to navigate unique circumstances. So our mission, really our mission states that we're educating hearts, minds, and spirits of future servant leaders. And so that would not be possible without the strong dedication of our faculty. I mean, our teachers truly believe their position is a vocation. And each and every day they respond to their calling 
um, through an, in, an intense dedication to being Catholic school educators. So they're living the mission day in and day out. Our families are incredibly supportive. As a Catholic school, we believe that parents are the primary educators. So our partnership with our families is an integral part of fulfilling our mission. So we have a very involved parents association. Our advisory council is incredibly supportive and involved. Um, we have a dedicated team of task force committees who have guided us through these past few COVID years. Um, so our, in addition to that, we have really strong partnerships with our local Catholic high schools. And so, for example, Jesuit College Prep Ursuline Academy here in Dallas have been an incredible support system to prepare our graduates for the next phase. Um, our faculty collaborate with the high schools and have developed really great professional learning communities. Um, those strong support systems have really encouraged open dialogue. They have a strong sense of perseverance because they know that they can just, you know, reach out to a colleague um, and kind of get some great feedback and advice. So it's really created a very positive environment and really strengthened our sense of community. And that positivity has really been so delightful, especially under these challenging circumstances and these challenging times. So we believe that when one Catholic school succeeds, we all succeed. And so we really have come together um, and had consistent outreach and support. We build one another up. Um, and so it's really been a comfort to have colleagues, families, community members who are supportive that we can come together, we can pray together, we know that we're going to support one another. A great example was Catholic Schools Week we just celebrated and um, we having, you know, other elementary Catholic schools also, but also the high schools reach out and kind of provide such a strong support system and celebrate together and um, send cookies and messages and, you know, just really, really creating a positive um, Catholic school community has just been, you know, so beneficial for our students because they directly feel that um, support system. So it sounds like a very it sounds like a very nurturing environment. So um, I want to talk about that, but I, let me let me back up a little bit because one of the things that I heard you saying was that your teachers do a great job supporting um, supporting all of the students academically, and and you know so where my mind went was you must have a community of students of varying abilities, and so you must have some supports in place to make sure that all students, regardless of ability, whether they're uh, on the high end, I bet you have a, a handful of kiddos that are you know really excelling, maybe gifted students, and then you probably have some students that may have identified disabilities or learning challenges, and you've got supports on both ends of that in order to be able to reach that academic threshold of achievement. So am I assuming correctly? Certainly, yes. We are, we're a parish school, and so um, we have certainly varying needs. You know, our students present with varying needs, and our goal is to meet each individual student's needs. And so um, we use utilize a lot of progress monitoring strategies and skills to ensure students 
students are showing growth over time. And in doing that, we really are able to be data-driven um, and informed decision-making based on what our students need. So in that differentiation, we'll kind of monitor their progress. And as we see an intervention may be needed, we do have great support system. We have reading specialist, um, content mastery, teacher and our, our teachers are actually well um, educated and we provide a great deal of professional development to ensure that they feel equipped to meet the students needs in the classroom. So it's amazing to see once our students receive those interventions based on um, that data um, and they're receiving the intervention, they're able to really excel and feel well supported. So it's a really great process um, especially, like I said, as a Catholic school, our goal is to empower our students. So they're developing the toolbox of strategies and skills they can draw from. Um, and we know, you know, everybody has their areas of strength and areas with room for growth. But once they're receiving those interventions, they're able to really excel and it just increases their confidence a great deal. So we do have a great support system to be able to meet each individual student's needs. That's great. So you, you have a, a good plan in place to make sure that your teachers are getting the professional development that they need for that. So I, I love to hear that. So with um, so much attention um, needing to be placed on the social emotional health of our students over the past, um, you know, pro I guess probably two years and now moving forward, how do you balance the social emotional health and social emotional um, learning and maintaining the high expectations that your school has always had? How are you balancing achievement and um, you know that nurturing social emotionally healthy environment certainly in these challenging times that social emotional health and wellness has just been incredibly important and so while COVID has presented many challenges it it really required our community to come together and support each other in different ways. And so we, one of the ways in which we do that is we do utilize virtue-based restorative discipline. And so that is a program out of the Archdiocese of St. Louis. And so we focus, and it's all based on the catechism, and we focus on a specific virtue each month. Um, it allows our faculty members to be paired together so our students are really um, making relationships with not just one teacher, but you know, many faculty members throughout their time here at Christ the King. And so we'll focus on specific virtues and saints that really um, exhibit those virtues and we learn from the saints along the way and um, students are then a rewarded with a Christian Witness Award each month where we recognize students at Mass for exemplifying those Christ-like behaviors and so they're able to make those connections on multiple levels and um, when there are times that come up where maybe um, they haven't exhibited that virtue, we learn from that as well and realize, you know, ways in which we can maybe repair relationships that have been harmed or ways in which we can strengthen that virtue. So as far as our social emotional um, health, we, we really relate it to our faith and recognize ways in which we can strengthen our faith, strengthen our virtues and support one another and they see it on multiple levels. And it's really powerful when we can come together and pray together about these virtues and make those connections. Um, we have a silent reflection each morning. So 
that's a way in which to kind of emphasize, you know, uh, opportunities to recenter, to center in the person of Jesus Christ and each morning to kind of come together in prayer, but then also to just have that silent reflection where we can kind of have that inward, inward focus. Um, we'll do uh, small little tokens of appreciation where we kind of build up the school community, like free dress days, spirit days, special lunches for our students. And so those are ways in which to come together as a community, promote social emotional health, um, and really just enjoy building one another up and spending time together. Um, we have a fabulous pastor, Father Tony, and our um, chaplain, Father Ryan, who've come in and visit the classrooms. They develop those relationships with the students and with the faculty. And so it's another way where we're coming together and praying together and really emotionally being able to center ourselves on our faith. Um, we have a school counselor who meets with classes um, very consistently, so as a whole, so she's able to go in and address um, things that maybe come up at a specific grade level. She also meets with small groups, um, individual students. We run parent education series, so we really try to support the social emotional health and well-being of our students from multiple avenues. So we're doing that here in school, we're doing it through a um, parent education series so that they're kind of utilizing, parents are informed, but we're utilizing the same terminology here at school as they're hearing at home. Um, and you know, we're, we have a close connection with the church. And so they're able to kind of really make that connection and hear it on multiple levels. And then we do a lot of service opportunities as well. So um, we really view service and giving back to the community as an opportunity to come together in kinship and support one another. Um, and we have a, for example, we have a Servium night and each grade level is able to participate in a specific service project. And that Servium night is for families to come together. So your parents and the students are here together with their teachers and with their siblings and everybody's here in kinship um, serving serving one another and serving and giving back to our community. So we really look at social emotional health and wellness um, in multiple facets where they're learning here at school, but then it extends out into their families, into their homes and into the community. So you do a lot of lifting one another up, lifting up your community, looking outside of yourselves. You have a genuine loving community and it sounds like all of that really fuels that achievement and that that attitude of excellence that really gets the best out of everyone it's that sounds fantastic so what about the teachers though because the teachers also need some some tlc right oh and, yes and, <laughs> <laughs> we love our teachers of course of course and so and most teachers really um you know you you mentioned earlier they see what they do as their their calling, their vocation, they are rooted in the mission. And, you know, that that's probably one of the most beautiful things about our Catholic schools, but, um, but they love learning too. And so how have you been able to continue to support their professional learning over the course of the past two years, as the job has really presented new challenges for them? 
we really emphasize professional development opportunities for our teachers. So the school provides a lot of opportunities for professional development through weekly faculty meetings. So we really emphasize that time together as a way in which to support um, professionally their growth. So we do focus on um, multiple aspects. So um, one of them being spiritual nourishment. So we do provide opportunities for spiritual growth and reflection for our teachers. Um, social emotional health and wellness has really been important, especially over the past few years. Pedagogy and professional responsibility. Um, our teachers, they do, they, they love, love learning. Um, and so they will attend national conferences in their area of expertise, but as well as teaching and learning um, practice, best practices and research-based instruction as well. Um, so our faculty are encouraged to um, earn advanced degrees, certifications. Um, so for example, all of our teachers are being trained right now in the area of gifted and talented education so that they can apply these best practices in their classrooms for, for to meet the needs of each student. Um, Another example would be Dweck's research on growth mindset and, and really equipping our teachers with ways in which to empower our students in all circumstances. Um, and as you said, due to these challenging times, you know, there, there are, you know, some positive things that have come from that. And we really try to focus on the positive and one of them being that professional development opportunities have been made available virtually. And so we really encourage our teachers to take advantage of those virtual opportunities as well as in-person ones that are, you know, becoming more so available. But um, it's just been easy access to a lot of great content and professional development. And so we have funds dedicated um, to those areas of professional development in our budget so that the, when teachers are interested in taking advantage of those opportunities, the school is in full support of that. And we really believe that one of the most valuable assets in a classroom is that high quality teacher providing that instruction. And so we are so incredibly proud of our teachers at Christ the King and so, so grateful for their dedication to meeting each and every individual student's needs. And so that we know that is not only academic, I mean, that really is that social, emotional um, health and wellness. Um, and then of course, what we're here for is our mission as a Catholic school. And so providing those opportunities for the students to grow in their faith and our faculty to grow in their faith. And so that's certainly a priority for us. Well. Thank you so much for sharing for sharing your story and for talking about the areas of leadership that you have been able to exercise you know, over the course of the last several years in, in leading an excellent Catholic school uh, through the Blue Ribbon process um, a couple of times and um, really for everything else that you've shared and the way that you take care of your students to the way you involve your community and the way you take care of your teachers as well. It's been, it's been wonderful having you on the podcast. So thanks so much for sharing all of that. Thank you so much, Colleen. It's a joy to have a conversation with you today. And um, thank you for all you do for Catholic education. Certainly just such a blessing to be able to serve um, the Catholic community. I also want to thank um, our listeners for joining us today. So hopefully you enjoyed my conversation with guest Dr. Lisa Bosco, principal of Christ the King Catholic School in the Diocese of Dallas. 
but also don't forget to register for the NCEA Convention 2022, which is coming up April 19th through 21st in New Orleans, or attend virtually. Uh, just as Lisa was just talking about the great virtual professional development that's out there, there is going to be a ton of amazing professional learning available virtually uh, for convention this year. So don't forget to register. And tune in again next week. A new podcast drops every Thursday to hear more good news in Catholic education on the NCEA podcast. Thank you.